Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I have the special privilege of being joined by Masters Olympian, Janine Herrera. Did I say that right? I you sure that. did. You awesome. sure did. Hi. Well, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you located and um, kind of like what you do for a living and all that good stuff? So I'm located in beautiful, sunny South Florida. I'm in Miami. I've been living here for probably over 30 years. I'm an ICU nurse, but I'm actually finishing my graduate degree as a nurse practitioner. So I finish in December. Looking forward to that. (laughs) Do you have to do clinical hours? My my sister graduated with that as well. I'm actually doing 250 clinical hours right now. Oh my goodness. And you did prep. And are you still in prep right now? I'm still in prep. I got back from Romania and I do have a few shows still on the calendar. So I am in prep. Um, I'll probably be in prep to be quite honest till the end of the year. Okay. Okay. So I did listen to your podcast with Naima Chu and well, now it's not her married name. I forget what that is, but, um, I remember you saying that you were hoping that they would have a master's Olympia and, um, they had it. So that's great. Um, are you still trying to qualify for the, Oh, um, the open? Of course. That's, um, you know, that was the ultimate goal, um, until I got my pro card and then I, I started wishing for master's O, but I think even though you qualify for master's O or you go to master's O, the Olympia has been around consistently for so long that it's, that's what we all strive towards. Well, most of us, I cannot say everyone. Some people just get their pro card and they're like, I'm done, you know, but for me, that is, yeah, that would be the ultimate dream to have gone to Masters O and also to the Olympia. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you and Jess, that would be the only people that have had that feat happen. No, Carrie, Carrie Heinrich. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Corinne. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I'll be interviewing. You're the first of the series. So I've, you know, I have interviews with a lot of the top five um, competitors. So I wanted to hear from you what your experience was going to Romania, what the application process was like for the Masters Olympia as, you know, the first year ever doing that for bikini. Uh, and it was 40 plus, correct? Yes, it was 40 plus. Um, I, I have to be honest, I was not going to apply. Right. So okay. uh, when they finally did bring it back, even though I had been praying for this, I am somewhat of um a realist with myself. Sometimes I'm like, who are you kidding, Janine? Like there's so many other people they could pick other than you. And so it like got down to the wire. And I said, you know what? The worst they can say is no. Right? Yeah. But if I don't try, I'll never know. So um I was probably honestly the last application they received. Oh wow. And I sent in my application, was very, very nervous. Um, you had to send in you could make your application either a resume of what you've done in the industry, you could put together a video. I did both, right? So I put okay. together video that kind of displayed what my life was like, um, who I am as a person. And then of course I put my my um resume of the competitions that I've done and then just waited with bated breath 
<laughs> and I remember counting down and I was telling my coach, Jamie DeBernard, this many days. And um, it's funny because the day that they announced it, I was at Powerhouse Gym here in Miami, which is my home gym. Okay. And um, I didn't see my name. <laughs> so I'm at the gym and all these weights are going and I can't, I can't really hear. I'm trying to, you know, see what they're saying and it's going in and out the service. And I saw the list, but I didn't notice the list said wellness. Oh. <laughs> so looking down this list of names. And oh gosh. I'm, I'm literally telling Jamie, I'm like, well, you know, we tried. And she's screaming and I'm like, why are you? She's like, do you see it? Do you, see it? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and my phone starts ringing. And then finally I look up and I see my name and I just, I was in tears. Like oh, I couldn't I even hold it back anymore because for me, it's like, here I had been on this journey that started off as a, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to try it. And now to be, chosen for this pinnacle event was just mind-blowing the yeah. whole experience was mind-blowing well I want to hear all about it and I remember I was interviewing Sandy on the day that they were doing the um all of the judges were getting together and the panel from wings of strength and you know I was asking her about the process she said well we have pictures we need to look to see you know how they placed in previous competitions, you know, how, how they're looking, what their resume is like and things like that. So um, congratulations on, I don't think the listeners, I don't know if anyone we didn't mention, but you got second at the Olympia, which is incredible considering the fact that you weren't even going to apply. So um, how many, how many athletes were there? So for um, each division was kind of different. So the, the, Allowed amount, I think, was 20 per division. Okay. Keeney actually had so many applicants. There were 21 chosen athletes. Okay. They probably had a hard time. Yeah. Um, okay. And and all 21 made it because I, I should preface that by saying some, some people were chosen, but unfortunately not everyone was able to make it in some okay. of the divisions. So, um, yeah, I mean, all 21 bikini athletes made it, which was amazing. Um, so they pay for your expenses no. to travel or no? We paid for our own expenses. Okay. Um, I traveled out there with enough time to have seven days. So okay. I know that I hold water weight when I mm -hmm. travel. Um, sure enough, this was the one time that I didn't. But <laughs> usually, usually I hold water weight. So we competed on a Sunday. I left Miami the Monday and okay. arrived in Cluj Tuesday. It was just all so surreal because from the minute I got to the airport, I noticed other people that were athletes. Of course, mm -hmm. you're taking the same flight. By yeah. the time you got to Istanbul, because most people's flight either went through Munich or Istanbul or Frankfurt. Okay. I went through Istanbul. Um, we all started talking and getting to know each other. I actually got to know the person who was the master's figure champion because I spilled water all over her. Oh, shoot. hopefully not while she was tanned. <laughs> no, no, no. On the flight. So okay. it, was, it was like, um, which was great. Cause on our way back, we hung out, you know, the whole time in the airport and stuff. So that's awesome. Getting there, the whole production, I I've never been a part of um, a production of that scale. 
Mm -hmm. of that size. Um, It was so well presented. Everything ran smoothly. The venue was beautiful. The turnout was great. Um, It was just next level. Just, it's what I imagined the always probably like. Um, Even talking to people who had been to the O that were there, they're like, it's like this, but of course, you know, maybe just a smidge more turned up because at the O there's a gala and there's an expo outside. You know, this mm-hmm. was our first master zoo. So I imagine as it goes on, they're going to work out the kinks and the tweaks and it's just going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like with the crowd and all of that was was there much there? So, so um, it was nerve wracking, right? Because you think you're in this foreign country getting out on stage and who's going to know you? Like nobody's going to know you, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the crowd was very welcoming, if I could say that. It was, um, it, the whole country was very sweet, you know? Everybody's very polite. So you came out on stage and whether they knew you or not, everybody was clapping and cheering. It was really sweet. What surprised me was, of course, you're on stage, so you don't hear the commentary that's going on from right. the commentators, Vilcha Gorilla. And they, so it was funny because so many people sent me the commentary after of what it was like when I stepped out on stage. And it was it was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the special things that were said that you so stood out to you? When I came out, I guess when I initially came out, I... I stood out, right? Maybe because of the curly hair, maybe because of the color of my suit or just my presence on stage. So when I finally came out to do my routine, the commentators were like, wow, you know, <laughs> she looks amazing. She's like, she stands out. And I was just laughing so much because it's just, it's it's different. It's weird to hear somebody commenting on you, you know? Yeah. I almost didn't like, recognize you with your straight hair right now. <laughs> yes. Well, Miami has this thing called humidity. Right, right. <laughs> it's just, and it's so funny because this year I actually was not going to wear my hair curly. Okay. It all happened by accident. I was checking in for my first check-in at the beginning of the year in March with, with Jamie. And um, I had just washed my hair and I was like, screw it, man. This 5 a.m. check-in is going to have curly hair in it. And she looked at me and was like, I almost didn't recognize you. Why have you never worn your hair curly before? And I'm like, because I look like a lion. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I think you should try it on stage. And I was very hesitant because I felt like only certain people can pull it off, like a Jordan or, you know, Jen Dory. And Mm -hmm. she's like, let's try it. It won't hurt. And the feedback from Sandy, my very first show was, keep the curly hair but when you live in south florida three days of curly hair and then you don't know if you're the lion from wizard of oz or what's (laughs) well it's it's gorgeous and i love your suit color too it really pops have you always worn the turquoise i have not always worn the turquoise i wore the turquoise my first competition okay Um, and it's funny because I wore it my first competition and Tim Gardner actually said suit color was perfect on me. And for whatever reason, I switched to black for my second competition. And uh, then I went to nationals. I went to North Americans, won my pro cards in red. Okay. Did my pro debut in like a royal blue. And this year, for whatever reason, I just wanted to return to that 
that initial color. Yeah. Yeah. It's really rich. It really pops on stage with your skin tone. It's very beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So you kind of told us a little bit of your story. So you won your pro card at North North American. So I began competing shortly after COVID, right? Um, I being an ICU nurse, I found one of the few gyms that was open Mm -hmm. um, and started working out. The owner was like, you know, have you ever thought of competing? And I thought, okay, well, I do want to give this a chance. I actually went there with the idea of of trying to compete. But once I started, I kind of waffled a bit, you know, like, hmm. and um, come January of 2021, he said, you're just playing around. You're, you're not, you're not serious. And I thought, oh, that's serious. You know, you don't dare me. I'm one of those <laughs> horrible. I always tell people, if you want me to do something, dare me. <laughs> so I did my first competition in March of 21. I, um, then I did a second competition in July to just get stage presence. And by, um, North Americans was the first week of September, first weekend of mm-hmm. September. Yeah. It's always Labor Day weekend. Yeah. I, yeah, I won two pro cards at North Americans. So, and then what height and. I'm assuming it was 35 and 40, but I was, what masters, I was masters 35 and 40. Okay. Yeah. 35 nice. and 40. Yeah. So then you did your pro debut the next year or did you do one immediately after? No, I did my pro debut that November at um, okay. Atlantic Coast in Fort Lauderdale here. Yeah. And how'd that go? Um, I, I won masters and I placed top 10 in the open. That's fantastic. And it's funny because I didn't want to do the open, you know, after oh, really? pro card and masters, I thought I would just always be a master's athlete. And Jamie had this way of like, Oh, you know, if you're always, you're going to be there already. Might as well. And, <laughs> and I gave it, you know, I gave it some thought and I was like, well, I'm going to be there already. So I may as well. And I was actually shocked that I placed top 10. I think I placed eight, if I'm not mistaken. That's and, great. Um, that actually gave me the confidence to try open, you know, again, the following year in 2022. Okay. Like, oh. And Mo and Sandy actually were the ones who actually boosted my confidence and said, listen, because we saw you in the masters and we had a chance to look over your physique, we knew when it came to the open, you know, yes, we want to see her lined up against this person, you know, compare you with that person. Mm-hmm. And that gave me the confidence to keep, going in the open as well. That's great. Yeah. Um, so how old are you? I know you're over 40, but what is I your I am exact- over 40, but I don't ever really say my age. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm mid 40s. I'm mid 40s. I'm gonna okay. grab a, a charger. Give me one second. You're good. <laughs> so Sorry about that, Emmy. That's okay. So as far as your 2022 season, how many shows did you do that year? So as far as my 2022 season, I did, I think, four or five shows. Let's okay. see. 2022, I started with the North Americans. I um, I mean, I started with North Carolina, Charlotte Pro. I did... Um, Charlotte, Louisiana, Puerto Rico, 
and I did one more in there. I can't remember. So I think I did four, a total of four. And when did you start placing an open? I started placing in open in the top 10 last year, in the top five this year. Okay. So what's been your best open placement that you've had? Fifth. Okay. And where was that at? Clash. That okay. was at Clash this year um, okay. twice. I Well, Clash and Girl Power. So, okay. yeah. I think yeah. I actually watched that one live. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, so let's pivot and kind of talk about a couple of questions that I had from listeners. Um, so one of the questions was, um, if you had to pick your top three foods that would help you get through a long prep, like what are your favorite foods that you look forward to during your preps, um, that your go-tos, I guess. So, uh, flavor gangs, bowl of games, cream of rice. Okay. I eat that every morning for breakfast. I've never heard of that. Really? Yeah. I've never heard oh of that. Oh my gosh. Crackberry will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, it's a cream of rice, but it's does it have something rice, else in it? But it, it's high in protein. Okay. Um, I mean, sorry, high in carbs. Uh-huh. So it does have a little bit of protein in it, but it tastes like a dessert. Which okay. is funny because I'm not a dessert person. I'm more of a savory person, uh-huh. but it so good i promise you you have to try it what's it flavored with is it with stevia or splenda or what it's flavored i believe with stevia and like monk okay Okay. but um it's so good so the brands birthday cake crackberry birthday cake okay this sounds (laughs) so good Uh, all right so that was a good first one that's one um usually when i'm on prep i have the same meal four day four times a day which okay. is um, trifecta pulled chicken with rice. But the one ingredient that I can't live without is Trader Joe's everything bagels. The bagel seasoning. Yeah, that's a good um, seasoning. So are you sponsored by trifecta or do you just use it for the convenience since you're such a busy? Um... So they sponsor the athletes of um, Fit Body Fusion, the coaches. So oh, okay. it is a sponsorship, yeah. Okay. So you're a Fit Body Fusion coach. You're an ICU nurse. We just talked offline about how many clinical hours you're doing. Um, so how do you juggle all of that? Because I think also you haven't mentioned about your family, um, but well, if, three. I think you're a single mom, right? Yeah. So a single mom of three. Yes. How do you, how do you manage all of that? What are some tips on just time management in general? So organization is key. Um, you know, it, it might sound a little bit boring and regimented, but my schedule is pretty much like the same, um, because I have kids, I know how to be flexible, but I wake up at the same time every day. Um, and, and everything flows, you know, I know that before my kids get up from five, I have between five thirty to seven, cause I usually wake them up at seven to get ready for school. Right. Okay. I I have between that time to check on things with clients, to return messages, emails, all of that stuff that's for me. And then once I take them to school, uh, they go to school at eight o'clock in between that time, I can get the rest of my client check-ins done. I can get, um, all of my workouts in, I can get stuff prepared, groceries done. I won't lie. I do use Instacart a lot. Yeah, I'm a smart. believer. 
in making life simple. Yes. Harder, not harder. So exactly. I do art and things like that a lot. And then once I pick them up, they have extracurricular activities after school. So once I pick them up at like five, five thirty in the evening, it's their time. So it's they get half an hour to relax, watch TV or iPad, and then homeworks from six to seven, seven to eight. It's bath time, dinner time, eight o'clock. It's bedtime no later than eight thirty. So well, my four year old gets away with being a little bit later, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because she's cute. They're all cute, but you know, um, so everything's kind of, of on a schedule for me. It's very, very regimented. So you have a four-year-old and what are the other two ages? I have a four-year-old. I have um, eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. Okay. So is the four-year-old in preschool when she, or he or she goes to school? She, she's actually in pre-K right now. So she's, um, she's, she's in the same school as them. It's like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So I, I prefer that so that they can like check on each other and just kind of cast an eye on each other kind of thing. So, yeah, Yeah. I know that always be like that. When do you get your, like your, your nurse practitioner stuff in and then also. So my nurse practitioner, the 250 hours, I do it on my time. I try to do it when I don't have them. So every other weekend, their father their father has them. And that's when I try to get my hours in, you know, um, there have been random times where I will do it during the day when they're at school. I have an amazing, amazing babysitter who has been with us for a long time and she Mm -hmm. will pick them up when they're done with their aftercare and stay with them. Because a lot of times if I go into the hospital, I have to be there at least eight to 12 hours, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot, eight to 12 hours. So she'll pick them up from aftercare and bring them home and I'll tell her there's this in the freezer or there's this in the fridge left over just you know heat it up until I get there at 7 7 30 so they yeah. say it's the village um I luckily have one I have a little person in my village but she works she works that's awesome so when you how many you know like how many hours does it take for you to like get your cardio done and your weight training and all that so it depends. Um, it depends on where I am in prep and mm-hmm. kind of what I'm, whether we're reversing into a show or not. Right. So okay. I usually don't have a lot of cardio. I kind of tend to stay lean throughout the year. And it's not because I'm, you know, I forcefully stay lean prior to competing. Mm-hmm. I weighed 110 pounds. Oh, wow. How tall are you? I'm five and three quarters, but we could say five one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So prior to competing, I weighed 110 pounds and my stage weight is 111. Okay. Okay. You know, I, so I've always kind of been this way. Um, Mm -hmm. So even in off season, I'll get up to like 114, 115, you know, when I'm packing on the beef pho with lots of sodium, but um, I don't vary much. So my cardio is usually kind of minimal. Actually, there's times when Jamie's like, don't move. <laughs> I'm like burning through burning too much. so much, right? So I'll send her a picture of a sloth. But um, <laughs> a lot of times, sometimes going into a show, I'll start off with 15 minutes of cardio, um, maybe three, four days a week, five days a week. And then by the time we're getting into the show, she's like, do not move. Like literally, just <laughs> sit there and eat. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I imagine your macros are pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually reversed into shows at like 2,800. Wow. Yeah. 2,860. Yeah. Yeah. you're making everybody jealous right now. <laughs> no, usually I'm backstage and people are like, why are you eating? Does Jamie know you're eating? I'm like, she's the one telling me to eat. So. <laughs> and have you always done macros or do you, have you ever done meal plan and which do you prefer? My, my very, very first coach um, prior to Jamie. So I only switched to Jamie just before I went into North Americans. Um, my first coach was meal plans, okay. um, which for me, actually was easier I'll I'll tell you the hardest transition for me was going from a meal plan to macros because mm-hmm. I felt like with my busy life it was easier right because mm-hmm. you didn't have to think about it or calculate it I didn't have to think about it and somebody was just telling me you eat this you eat this you eat this these are your high days these are your low days like it was all set and when I I remember the the biggest struggle I had was switching over to macros because when I switched over and I mean she did send me a lot of material to read and I looked it up on YouTube but I'm that type of person when you give me choices I'm like (laughs) it it happens even when I go to the store I'm not kidding (laughs) really not kidding I'll get in the store I knew exactly what I was going for. But then when I see the choices, I'm like a deer in headlights. I'm just like, I can't make a decision. So I I preferred meal plans for a while. And now that I'm used to macros and obviously I've become friends with more athletes and pros and they'll share tips and this is what I do or this is how I do it. And this is what I consume or you know what I mean? You You learn and you figure it out. So. so what would what would you say like for somebody that's just starting out with macros, what would be like the top five things that you would say would be helpful for them to transition if they've been on a meal plan or what were some things that you found helpful that you learned from other pros and things? So one of the things I learned actually that worked particularly well for me to transform my physique this year was while I'm in prep, I've pretty much stuck to the same thing. So once I found a protein, okay. You know, last year I ate tilapia, I ate chicken, sometimes I ate beef, I ate so many different things, right? I just, Mm -hmm. I was more concerned about closing out my macros than consistently eating the same thing. This, and I think you can see the difference in my physique this year, I've literally ate the same thing. And I feel like my body has become a machine and knows how to break that down. So it does so much more efficiently, right? Okay. Um, I would say to somebody, find out, figure out what works with your body and what your body responds to it. It was a learning curve because there were days that I ate the chicken and I would wake up and take tons of pictures to see what I looked like. And then the next day I ate turkey, lean turkey. And then I figured out, okay, there's a little bit more sodium in the chicken. And I kind of actually fill out and look better with the chicken than I do with the turkey, the 99% turkey. Uh And then I realized I look better with the turkey that has a little bit more fat than the 99% lean turkey because I'm already really lean. So it's kind of playing with things. And once you find that recipe of what works for you, sticking to it, but you also have to kind of change your mental diet in order to stick with it and be disciplined. Um, So that would be a big tip. I would tell anybody starting out with macros and just read a lot about it. 
right? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people get confused. Do I measure raw? Do I, <laughs> do I measure cooked? You can do both in the MyFitnessPal right. app, right? But figure out which one you're going to use and stick to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it's so, about consistency. I have athletes that ask me that too. They're like, should I be, I've been measuring it or, you know, cooked. And I'm like, well, if that's the way you're looking up in my fitness pal, if that's the way you're doing it, keep doing that. Don't try to track raw and <laughs> try yep. to weigh it raw and stuff like right. that. Yeah. So very good advice. Um, any tips on like, did you ever have to kind of think about your fiber with your macros being so high? You probably don't have to worry about that with your carb choices and things like that. My fiber, I didn't have to really worry about, um, until like this year, because we got so, so high. Usually I used to stay on the lower 2000 ends. And then as my body just kept burning and burning and burning, um, mm-hmm. and my calories kept going up almost to 3000. I started realizing, okay, I needed to intake more fiber than the regular 25 grams of fiber. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, my fiber wasn't really an issue. My big problem is sodium, man. I'm not going to lie. I love sodium. <laughs> Does it make you kind of retain a little bit or make you puffy if you have too much? Oh, yeah. Do, yeah. You, ma- do you manipulate that during peak week or is there a special Absolutely. protocol you follow? We do manipulate it during peak week. So um, when I'm not in peak week, one of my celebratory meal is mm-hmm. Vietnamese beef pho, which is a soup. Right? Okay. High in sodium. Yeah. However, we know one bowl usually makes me gain six to seven pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so worth it. Um, <laughs> so usually, obviously, I'll get one bowl maybe mm-hmm. after a show. And then we know it's going to take about three days for that sodium. You know, once I get back to drinking all the water, I should three days for that sodium to like kind of come off of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So we know, we know that I'm back to baseline. So yeah, we do manipulate sodium. And once I'm in peak, we keep sodium. Like I said, I eat the same four meals all throughout the day. My breakfast is the exact same. And then my other four meals are the exact same. So it's the exact same sodium in each meal as well. Yeah. So your body gets used to it. Yeah. That makes sense. Is there any other things that are different about peak week that you have to watch or that you think that are different protocols than the average person? Well, other than, I think, I think for me, sometimes in peak week, um, my digestion is so like fast a lot of the time that my sleeping is off. So what we found is as I get closer into a show, my sleep suffers, maybe anxiety, maybe nerves, maybe so many things. So I remember actually this year we were going into a show and I, we just couldn't get me to sleep more than six hours. And I was like, man, I know my body. I know what's going to happen night before the show. I'm going to get a really good sleep and my weight's going to just tank. And sure enough, I think it was going into girl power. I had only been sleeping five to six hours, five to six hours. And Jamie kept saying, you need to hit seven or eight. Mm-hmm. You need to hit seven or eight. And the night before the show, I slept nine hours and I woke up four pounds lighter. And oh, wow. <laughs> so did you have to carb load really heavily that morning? Yep, we sure did. Okay. You know, that's the only unpredictable thing really with me. So it's like, even in Romania, 
we were on a time difference and mm -hmm. sleep was suffering because I kept trying to stay up till midnight to talk to my girls, to FaceTime with them. Yeah. Got home from school. Um, and I kept saying to myself every night, I kept saying to them, I, I mean, I'll call you guys tomorrow night because mom needs to catch up on sleep. But I miss them so much that the next night I would and the next night I would. And I had to literally force myself Saturday night. I turned off my phone. I turned off everything. And I literally went to bed at like seven o'clock in Romania. And we got the drop that we needed. But luckily, it wasn't a huge drop, right? So it was like a two right. pound which was just right within where we could manipulate it with a little bit of rice cakes and honey and salt and, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So as far as your like experience there in Romania, did you get to enjoy the city or did you get to go around in Europe or did you just kind of keep it vanilla all week just to kind of pull off water and so, kind of like pull back on training or. I think one of the things about me is when I'm, when I'm all in to something, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all in. Right. Yeah. So I had already set my mindset before I left. I mean, I have a friend who's Romanian. She competes here and she's like, you got to go oh, here and you got to go there and you got to see this. My mindset was I have this opportunity to do this once in a lifetime thing that I mm -hmm. didn't think I would get the chance to do. So I'm going to put everything into it that is my priority and if afterwards i'm able to do things that's secondary yeah but my goal my priority is eyes on the prize yes. so when i came to romania it was eat sleep gym i didn't hang out in the lobby bar i yeah. didn't um you know go out to dinner or sightsee like some of the other competitors and did it get lonely absolutely i'm not gonna lie i i you know competitors athletes were texting me hey we're gonna go to the mall hey we're gonna go sightsee this in the old city district you want to go no i have to check in i have to take photos my next meal is at this time and um Another time I'll go to Romania, you know, if God wills, but this, this is why I'm here this time and I'm going to stick to the plan, but I've always been that type of person. So I yeah. didn't get sightsee. I did get to walk the park in front of the hotel, <laughs> uh, the day, the night before our competition, um, because I, I had cardio left to do light walking, uh -huh. getting so you got outside walking. And so I, I just, I, I went outside and I did my walk and literally I was timing everything. <laughs> and you're back in. Yep. 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 So, yep. Uh, if you don't mind answering this, I, I know it's online and it's probably public information, but what was the prize money like for this show? So the first place, Jessica won $10,000, um, okay. was 5,000. And I believe third place was. 2000 or 3000 I'm not sure okay yeah. and then yeah. fourth and fifth didn't get prize money not to my knowledge no okay it was, it was kind of just first second and third for all of the for all of the divisions yeah. yeah so as far as master shows go do you find that there I know I've heard from 
different that different promoters kind of charge the IFBB pros that are masters to um which you know as a pro that's kind of one of the perks is that you don't have to pay entry fees but I know that that's been the case for some people like I know Joe Pishkula does not charge um does he give out prize money for the masters too he does it's actually funny that you're bringing this up because um I love being a master's athlete. I, I love um, being a, a, an ambassador for other master's athletes. It's actually kind of uh, endearing when people are like, oh my gosh, and you know, I, I, I follow your journey and I have kids and I want to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that um, I struggle with because I would love to affect change, but I just don't know how to, is that there are competitions where masters actually Joe's competition is actually the only competition that I know of where masters do not pay to compete at the moment. Right. Um, Because it was an eye opener. Once I won my pro cards, right. In masters to then find out you're now an IFBB pro, but because you're a master's IFBB pro, you still have to pay to compete. But if I, but if I'm in the open, I don't have to pay to compete. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of towing that line. Am I consider? Do you consider me a pro, or am I not a pro? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's one of the things that it's been like. Why is this there? Like, how can how can we as masters and promoters come together and think of a way that honors the masters athlete? Um, mm-hmm. but still works for the promoter because I understand that it is a show and they have to make money and all of this this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I've had a lot of masters athletes reach out to me and say, How come we have to pay to compete? And I the answer is always, I don't know, babe, like this is it is what it is, but I'm hoping that you know, as one promoter starts eliminating it, that it, mm-hmm. it grows, you know what I mean? Um yeah. I'm so grateful to Sandy Williams because I don't know if you know this or if she's ever mentioned it, but she actually put up the prize money for clash. Oh, wow. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's That's amazing. 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 It shows her belief in us, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's hard too, because I know as pros, like, for example, you winning 5,000 out of 20, you know, you got second place out of 21 athletes. Like, I know it was probably expensive to go to Europe and to stay there for a week. And if that's not getting paid for, like travel does get paid for with the Olympia, with the Arnold. So um, I can imagine that would be a challenging just because even though you have like, I'm sure sponsors for your suit and like different items, it's like you're basically some most prize money for most pros, even in the open is just going towards their expenses to cover it. Yeah. in a way, um, unless you win the actual open Olympia, then that's like a significant salary, this, I guess you would say. This did just cover my expenses, honestly, yeah. you yeah. know, um, yeah. but it but, is what it is. And like I said, hopefully as, as time goes on, more promoters, one at master's divisions, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's my hope for this year. And I hoped master's Olympia into existence. At least I like to think so. So I'm going to keep hoping for that. And I hope that we can come together and figure out a way to eliminate, you know, that, that, I mean, it's as expensive as over $200, $250 yeah. to enter some competition. So. 
bills. Yeah, that's like an NPC card cost. And you pay 300 to get your pro card renewed, right? Or something near that. that, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the challenges that may occur if somebody's master's because I'm master's as well. I'm 43. Um, and I know I have a lot of clients that are master's and we just, we have a little bit of different, you know, things that, you know, if we've had kids, you know, dealing with stretch marks, um, as we mature our skin because of the lack of estrogen becomes like thinner and, um, it can, you know, be, wrinkly and things like that. So what are some things as a master's competitor, what are some tips that you would give competitors? Because that is part of the aesthetic of what you look like, skin tone, um, your beauty, all that comes into play when it comes into bikini. It's not just the balance and like the, the, the criteria is there's so many things like as far as that have to be in place to, you know, have that perfect look. So What are some tips that you have? Um, are there any kind of skin tricks that you do? Because you've had three children. So I just wonder if. Botox. Botox. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Um, I've had Botox um, for okay. like the last two years. Okay. Um, uh, I did try filler for the first time going okay. into master's. So I don't know that I'll do it again because it hurt. Oh, really? It did. Well, it hurt okay. me. Um, it was painful. Um. Some people have said they, they've never had any pain with it. I don't know. But um, I always tell my, you know, I have a, a few master's clients and they're always worried, right? Oh, I'm getting on stage. I don't want to do the open because it's a bunch of 20 year olds or girls that are not my age. Uh-huh. And I tell them, look, at the end of the day, um, we're master's athletes. You're not going to have the body of a 20 year old or anything like that. We've had stretch marks and, you know, skin elasticity is going and all of that stuff. But you need to have a regimen, right? To keep yourself, because let's face it, this sport, the world is about a youthful appearance, maintaining youth, the fountain of youth, living forever. So do you want to have a good skin regimen? Absolutely. Are stretch marks going to keep you from placing well? Maybe when it comes down to the tiniest, tiniest detail, but I've seen people with stretch marks win, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not a, it's not a disqualifying, qualifying criteria. Um, but do you want to keep yourself as youthful as possible? And that includes mentally, right? Not just your appearance and how you speak, how you carry yourself, right? If you're always complaining and you're always down and always thinking about how old you are compared to the other girls, you're already limiting yourself, mm-hmm. right? So I always yeah. tell people, let's work with what we have that works for us, right? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, as a athlete as an ambassador you've had kids you're a warrior you're in your 40s or older you have life experience and wisdom right so I try to always encourage my ladies on the more positive aspects than just looking at the aesthetic things that are going to be negatives you know what I mean absolutely yeah Yeah, I love that yeah so what are some other just if you were to give advice, um, like as far as your top couple of moments where you just felt like were really big learning curves when it, it because you're fairly new to the sport, um, which you've had such an awesome career. Um, you've done how many shows now in the last three? I've lost count. 
<laughs> and that's funny <laughs> to say. I've done, including Masters O this year, I've done four. And then I did about four or five last year. And then I did four the year that I turned pro. So, so yeah, a lot in yeah. just those three years. So what would be, if you were to talk to your former self, you know, when you were first about to do your competition, like what advice would you have given to yourself that now that you've done these competitions um, where you're like, oh man, I wish I would have started doing this back then. Um, what would be something that you would say? for that, um, that you've the, learned from? The first thing I would have told myself is to face the fear of being in the open. You okay. can't grow unless you size yourself up against competition. It's sad to say, right? Yeah. But the truth is you can't get better unless you're up against the best. Yeah. So get over that fear <laughs> of being in the open. Um, get over the macros meal plan transition that I bought <laughs> for for quite some time. Um, and what else would I tell my, my younger self in this sport to just apply yourself sooner? Okay. I made, I made a lot of, um, excuses early on, you know, um, not excuses. Like I can't do this, but in my head, Oh, but I'll never place there because, Oh, but I'll never, they'll see my age. They'll I'm a mom. I'm, you know, so many things that I limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs that were when you step on stage, they don't know. They may know a tidbit about you. And of course, as you keep competing, they'll learn more about you. But we have our own limiting beliefs that limit us more than what is pro is projected on us, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So I remember also in that interview that I was listening to, um, this was before you knew that the Olympia for masters was in existence. I, I remember there was some sort of strategy that you were starting to think like it might be hurting you to be competing as a pro in the masters, uh, because the judges might take that like as a negative. Um, yeah. are you still in that belief that, you know, cause I've seen you kind of cross over, um, now that they, you know, so what is, what is your current thought on the strategy when it comes to a master's competitor only competing in the open, um, if their goal is to go to the Olympia and all that. I actually don't have that limiting belief anymore. So okay. I did have that belief last year that I looked like a master's and there was no way that I would do well in the open. This was my view of myself. Um, I felt that masters should probably just stick to masters, to be fair. Um, and then I took a chance. And I started competing in the open. And I started realizing that a lot of my mental diet was what was restricting me, not what was physically showing on the outside. And so now I'm of the opinion, do it. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that maybe you don't place well, but you're going to get the feedback and you work on the feedback, which is exactly what I did. Um, I got to a point with Jamie where I think she just got tired of me saying, oh, I'm too old. They're going to know that I'm a master's when I step out in the open. I look like a master. I look like a mom, like, you know, and she just had had enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was yeah. just like, just try it. Just try it. And let's see what the feedback is. And not once was the feedback ever. 
you know, you need to look a little bit more hip. Or we wish you came out looking a little bit more youthful. That was never, ever the feedback. And then I started realizing, oh my gosh, I'm just another girl on that stage when I step out. And so I started applying the feedback and I said to myself, let's run an experiment. If the feedback is come with fuller glutes, let's come with fuller glutes and see if they change their mind and give me a different feedback, why I wasn't placed well or something. Uh No, I came with fuller glutes and I placed better. Come with a little bit more upper body, came with a little bit more upper body and I placed better. So yeah, a lot of times, a lot of people like to blame something. And I, I was in that count of blaming everything about me. And sometimes you need somebody to just pull you up and be like, Mm-mm. yeah, that's good <laughs> that you have a coach that <laughs> knows and she's experienced with those kind of things. So what was your feedback after the Olympia Masters? Have you, I know it's just recently, so I, I didn't know if you got a chance to get it right after. We did. Uh, the very next day, I asked her to reach out and get my feedback. It took a little uh-huh. bit to come back, but my feedback was fuller glutes. Okay. Who was your head judge over there? So the head judge was Steve Weinberg. Okay. Um, which I was, I've always wanted to step in front of him, and I did uh, at Tampa Pro, and and that's one actually one of the reasons I did Tampa Pro. So we had Steve Weinberg, Tim Gardner, um, Tarek Algundi. Um, yep. Uh, I can't pronounce her name, Barantis, in Idilis Barantis and Emilio Rodriguez. Okay. So, yeah. Very nice. Well, is there anything that I haven't, you've given us so many golden nuggets, so I really appreciate your time. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would want to share with our listeners before we sign off? Um, I always like to share with like newcomers to the sport. Enjoy the ride. Uh, yeah, it's great to be focused. Yes, it's great to have a goal. Um, but once you get backstage, please remember all the work is done. So once your heels hit that stage, have some fun. You might as well. You've been starving, unless you <laughs> weren't starving. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> going into this process, you've been sacrificing. You've been missing out events with your family and friends. So that's your moment to shine, you know? Go do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all of this. Um, if anyone wanted to reach out to you and, you know, ask you some questions or just thank you for being on the podcast um, or tag you on their story, how could um, they get a hold of you? And I'll put I'm stuff in the show notes too. I'm on Instagram at JA9FIT. That's JA and the number nine fit. Or they can reach me at Janine at fitbodyfusion.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and listeners, as always, if you would like to apply for the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. You can find us on Instagram at prep life podcast or at glam girl bikini. So be sure to, if you listen and you loved it, make sure you send Janine some love and let her know how much you appreciate her coming on today. So (laughs) thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Emmy. (laughs) 